you're always making music. It's highly. I've never been around you before. Is this is, is this even when there aren't people in your apartment and you're still singing all the time? Yeah, I mean, I definitely have sing it all the time for sure. I'm always making music, but I'm never like in my apartment like going, okay, I need to create this composition. Yeah. <laughs> like I never do that. I just kind of fuck around. Yeah. This is to me that like one of the most fascinating things talking to you now. I assume that because you, you've got all this equipment in your apartment, that you're also making music in your apartment, but you're but you're not. Yeah, I know. It's 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 weird. I mean. On rare occasion, I'll definitely get inspired. You know, I'll sit down and be like, "Oh, I'm just oh, let me try making some beats." You know, they're, they're really easy to make. And uh, um, but now I have this new piece of equipment. This forty, this uh, Electro Harmonics forty five thousand. It actually has this little add on controller pedal that allows you to save up to ninety nine loops. Mm. So now I can actually just run down um, all these different ideas super quickly, and they're all saved. That's great. What, so, so you're saving loops for state performances? No, just just for to have them. You know, like like you know, someday I hope to actually maybe hook up with I don't know some MCs or something like that, and like just do just do an album of me just making beats, yeah. and uh, and MCs just going over it or whatever, because they're really easy to make. I mean, you know, it only takes as long as it takes to make it, which is about maybe a couple minutes to make it. It's a, done in real time. Yeah, it's all done in real time. Yeah. So it's, it's, they're very easy to make. You just like, here's a four bar loop. Okay, cool. Now I add this, I'll add this. Oh, that sounds cool. All right. Now let's click up and do another, a new loop. And then I'll just do a quickly another one. That's what I do for a comedy bang, bang for all the interstitial music. I just load up a bunch of really simple loops and then use those for the play-ins and the play playoffs for guests. Yeah. But but it's beyond that. It's totally improvised. Yeah, it's just all improvised. Yeah. Um, so I mean, why 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 don't you why don't you record stuff? I mean, why every why is everything so ethereal with your work? Well, I don't know. I have no idea. I think it's because I'm I'm just not very. I don't know. I guess I like to when I'm not making stuff. I like to just play around and have free time and yeah. just have fun. Um, and for me, it's I had so many years of making music that. Uh, you know, like in Seattle or whatever for a long time, just being in bands and playing music, all that stuff. I just couldn't, you know, uh, I don't know. Nowadays I'm like, well, I make everything on stage, so I'll yeah. just wait till I get to stage to make it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's just, maybe it's me, but you know, I feel like if, if I'm, if I'm on stage and I do something really great, I kind of want to have that saved for posterity. right? Oh yeah, that's true. I mean, sometimes they're, they're recorded. Sometimes I'll have someone record it, but most of the time, uh, it doesn't get recorded and it just goes away. Um, which part of it, I kind of like that to a certain degree. It's not like, it's not my default or mandatory, but I do think that it's kind of cool that you can make things, but they may never, they, they'll never be repeated again. So yeah. it's kind of like hearkening back to, you know, a more old school style of performance where we don't, we don't record everything. We don't preserve everything. It's not preserved infinitely. You know, it's just an experience that's, if you were there, you got to experience it. If you weren't, you weren't. Does does the recording? I mean, does that affect the music at all? The the you know the knowledge that this is going to be saved for at least, if not ever, for a while. If it's on IFC, for example, mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. you know, live the the your uh, special that's on Netflix. Mm -hmm. do, you, do you? I guess do you try a little harder? Uh, no, <laughs> I just I just do the same way. I just 
you know, try to do my best. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change the the quality of what I was doing based on a situation necessarily. I wouldn't be like, well, I'm playing for the Queen of England. I'd better make this really good, as opposed to when I'm just kind of half-assing it the other time. Like it's, it's. I'm always striving to do something great. Hopefully. How did you end up? How did you end up in the comedy community? We were saying earlier that you kind of, at least out here, you started at Rafifi's. So why was that? more natural than, you know, trying to play at Mercury Lounge. Um, I mean, it's, I, I was always, I was a big, uh, I've always been a big fan of comedy and it has been really great to, um, you know, appreciate it, you know, when I was in bands and things like that, but I had a, do- I'd done comedy when I was in high school. I did a lot of comedy in high school and did a couple sketch groups when I, in the mid nineties as well. Um, we were all in sketch groups in the mid nineties. We were. That's all. That's all everybody. Everybody was doing was <laughs> sketch, sketch, sketch. Um, but yeah, I just kind of got. I got inspired when I saw uh, Stella. Hmm. Um, I just, you know, I saw that. My friend came back from New York and had the the shitty Stella shorts, the ones that they shot on. I think on like, I don't know what they shot it on, like some kind of a DV mini DV yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And, uh, and they were just kind of shitty looking and like, just awesome though. Just so weird and abstract and funny. And I was like, that's, that's the shit I love. I love that. That's, I, I understand what they're doing. And, uh, and then I thought, wow, these guys are like killing it in New York right now. And I was hearing rumblings of things happening in New York. And so I just went to New York, I had an opportunity to go to New York and I just went there and started doing basically what I do now. Mm-hmm. And people were like, yeah, that's, a, that's cool. All right. If you want to come back, you know, come back. So I came back and, yeah, and then one thing led to another. It's, I mean, do, do you feel like you'd be able to do this straight or does there always have to be an element of, of comedy? Do, that, do, do there have to be jokes in there? Uh, you mean for if I just did music? Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, when I do my shows, I... I don't know. All, all the songs aren't necessarily funny. Yeah. Sometimes I'll just do a, just a straight up song. You know, um, it all it all goes in line with my show. Um, I don't ever want to do the same thing twice, and I don't want people to expect and yeah. get what they expect all the time. So, yeah, I don't really have you know. And again, like I you know, I had ten or thirteen years of playing serious music, you know, and recording, you know five five or six albums and like what was your most serious song title a serious song title they were all pretty serious but uh uh jesus um it was called uh jesus it was called oh jesus help me you're the only one um no i think it was i don't know something like subtle ways was was the name of a song it's pretty yeah you know it's fairly fairly you know it's pretty serious yeah, prognostication. No, there, no, there was no song called prognostication. It's just so, be a gross song title. <laughs> this one's called prognostication. One, two, three. It's in seventeen. <laughs> um, you know, when you when 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 you talk about trying to do something different every time, as as we were discussing earlier, you know, you're you're still sticking to the same equipment. It seems like you're kind of set in in your current setup right now. Is there, um, th- does that limit you at all? Um, no. Yeah. Uh, no, there's like tons of things that I'm not getting to do when yeah. I when I perform live. I can not only do to do because just because there's not enough time or yeah. it'd be too boring for the audience to watch me, you know, spend too much time building something, you know. So yeah. it has to be relatively quick. So I usually when I when I perform live, it's usually kind of a rudimentary 
version of what I can do musically. It becomes a little bit more complex when I'm improvising over it freely. Then I can go wherever I want to go. But setting up what the base of a song is is generally relatively rudimentary. Yeah, you, you took us through the steps, and it sounds like, I don't want to use the word formula, but it sounds like you've got definitely got something in place, right? Yeah, completely. I mean, I usually start with a rhythm or yeah. something, and then I add a bass line or something on top of it. But that's kind of the way music that's is made. Music. Yeah, that's how you yeah. make music. Yeah. But, um, you know, sometimes I, I, there's a click track, you know, so sometimes I'll listen to the click, and then I can do something kind of weird, and I'm confident that I'll be in time. The problem with starting with something more ambient is that I don't know if I'm going to... There's no reference for the time. So once yeah. you start a loop, the 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 prime the primary loop has to be some kind of time. If If you're doing something musical that has rhythm to it and if you're just doing a bunch of ambient shit then it doesn't really matter but but there's no but there's no space to really mess up if you're making a beat right i mean you can you can definitely mess up but well i mean you you have to kind of go with it at at some point yes i mean you either go with it or you just stop and redo it and you'll you'll do that yeah well if i'm doing if i'm like if i'm making rhythms well it doesn't really matter if i'm making rhythms with the keyboard i'm making rhythms with my voice yeah I can keep making those rhythms and just turn off the loop and keep making the rhythm and then like set it reset yeah. the recording so that I can then record again. So the audience may never know when, you know, someone who does looping or someone who's a musician might see like, oh, I see he kind of fucked up that loop, yeah. but he's just key, he's he's still going and then he's just going to try to record it again. It was longer than 5 seconds that you were doing the beat. Yes, yeah. like I was doing it at first, it starts to loop, but then yeah. they hear like the loop point is really shitty and so then I'll turn it off but then like resume. I'll just immediately start doing the beat when I turn it off, when I turn the loop off and then get the record ready, you know, recording armed again. But so there's not too much loss there. Or sometimes I'll, I'll say like, I'll just turn it off and then start going into something else again, like talking or whatever, and just kind of clean, wipe the slate clean and then come back to it. But, but, but if you're not, if you're, you're not really rehearsing at all. And if all, all of, I mean, I, I don't know if you can technically call it rehearsing, but if I guess all of the performing that you're doing is, you know, in front of a, an audience, um, and you still have to make it entertaining. Does that limit the amount that you can experiment ultimately? Um, I mean, it depends on how committed I am to wanting to experiment, you know, and it also depends on the context of the gig. Like if I'm, if I'm doing like a sit down gig at like, I don't know, like radio lab or something like that, you know, where, or I'm doing an in studio thing, I can get really experimental because I can really just focus on what's happening, um, well, I can focus on nuances as opposed to being big and filling the space with yeah. my energy. I can actually be very small and you delicate. You don't have to worry about what your body's doing. No, yeah, you can just kind of focus on, on okay, well, I'm going to make this a really cool loop. I'm going to like put a little reverb on this and pan this to the left a little bit. So, and sometimes in a live performance, I can get to that level. Um, it just depends on my mood. But if it's definitely a gig where people are there to listen, uh, but it's small and kind of intimate. I can definitely do more crazier, weird experimental shit. And, and when you're when you're getting new pieces of, of equipment, are you breaking them in on stage as well? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I started using the OP one. Like, I got it and I kind of messed around with it yeah. on my own with headphones. But I remember just taking it on stage and going, "Okay, well, I'm just going to try this tonight." Yeah. 
Yeah. See what happens. You're, that, that's it's kind of a risk, right? If you've never really, if you if you don't know the ins and outs of a piece of equipment. Yeah, it is a risk, but that's that's kind of what's fun about it. Yeah. You know, I know that it's not going to fail. It's definitely going to do what it's designed to do. But if it does, it work with what I do. That's always the question. But um, so I give things tries, but they have to be rudimentary enough, otherwise, or just basic enough, otherwise, uh, if they're too complex, then I can't use it. Yeah. it I can I, if something has a base functionality that just works and simple to understand, you can grow into that machine. But um, if it's complex off the bat, I'm not interested in it. Are, are, I mean, it's, it sounds like there's still a lot of room for you to genuinely surprise yourself on stage. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Sometimes I'll just mess with something. I'll choose a weird patch on the keyboard, or I'll, you know, I'll try a different trick to recording. You know, or I'll. Um, yeah, I mean, or I'll just add a ton of effects on something and like use the next channel as like the ghost of what was just played or, you know, it's, there's, there's definitely things that if I'm thinking, if I'm on it, if I'm, I'm really feeling good and confident on stage, I can actually start to go into some weirder stuff, um, that could be fun for the audience. There you go. That was, uh, was Reggie Watts, uh, short, uh, short, but sweet interview, which is, uh, guy as i'm sure you all know uh he's got a musical career does uh, comedy he's a uh, co-host of comedy bang bang on uh, ifc which is uh, a little plug that i need to do at the end of the show in order to uh to justify this interview uh thank you so much reggie for taking some time out to uh to speak with us um you know in the the, the lead up to that conversation i had uh, pointed out to uh my producer that uh, we'd probably see reggie uh, uh, as he was arriving he's uh, a very uh, very easy to pick out from a crowd, uh, but what I did not expect was uh, him to pull up on a foldable bicycle with a boombox playing <laughs> out the back. Uh, so we uh, we spoke to Reggie uh, from his apartment. We did a little demo. Um, really uh, fantastic, fantastic guy. Uh, thanks so much to him, and thanks so much to IFC for setting that up. Uh, thanks to Brian, as always, for uh, for, for editing this down. Uh, thanks to Mark and everybody else at Boy Green for hosting it. Um, Lots of lots of good conversations lined up. Uh, uh, Peter Bag, I was just in Seattle. He spoke to, to Peter Bag. Uh, cartoonist Leslie Stein. Um, Al Burian went went all the way to uh, to Berlin for that conversation. Uh, lots of other good stuff lined up. If you liked what you heard, you can rate us on iTunes. Um, if you uh, you can send us some feedback, it's riylcast at gmail.com uh, riylcast.tumblr.com you can follow us over there so many different ways to follow us and, and, and be in touch uh, And uh, but uh, stay tuned because we will be back next week with another episode of RIYL